Welcome back to the most accurate podcast here for football and coming live from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. As always, I'm your host, John Daigle, and joined today by someone who everyone is familiar with from the most accurate podcast feed on Sundays, Monday morning, if you listen to the recap show. It is Underdog's own Hayden Winks, fresh from Australia with that sunny tan. Hayden, how's it going? Hey, mate. Uh, just trying to lose this accent. Um, yeah, Australia was amazing, but glad to be back. Come right back into the NFL combine and free agency and franchise tags and all that stuff. Ne- never stops. As someone who lived in Australia for two years, what I love most about it is that everyone is basically Charlie Day from Always Sunny. Uh, they are a wild group of people, but they love us Americans because we are the ones that also match their alcohol tolerance. Uh, and so they just immediately talk to us and gravitate towards us. Can confirm uh, Brisbane was one of the best big cities I've ever been to. Um, it was reminding me of a lot of Southern California. So I was fairly used to it, but the mullet game, the fashion, the the drinks, the concerts, the, all the transportation. If you go into Australia, make a stop at Brisbane. It's a, an amazing place. And then as I recommend to you, the beaches in Sydney are my personal favorite I went to Manly. Yeah, I went to Manly. Manly Beach is incredible, which is funny because when you go inwards in Manly, it's like a little dirty. It's almost like a tourism area. But then you get to the beach and it's insanely golden and beautiful. It's like luscious. It's incredible. Great place. Uh, But enough about Australia. Everyone can go there. It's an amazing place. You are here to talk rookie quarterbacks. It is the Combine. And we will be getting data this weekend. We will have more on that. We'll have a recap show actually as well coming to you at the end of the week. Plus next week when we have all the information, we'll definitely get John Paulson, Jennifer Eakins on to discuss all the prospects as well. But you are here because you have already been breaking down and writing about these rookie quarterbacks. And I want to talk to you in order of the ones I think are most important for this draft. And I want to start with Bryce Young. Uh, Right now, in my opinion, the biggest question mark is his measurables because he's listed at six foot, 194 pounds. And honestly, both of those are probably lies. So is that a factor to you? And overall, let's just hear what you think about Bryce Young. So I think he's going to be a 5'10". I think he's going to weigh 200 pounds, but I think he's probably going to play closer to 190 pounds. And that's he was very good against SEC competition. So I, I think that you should knock him, definitely. But he also was very productive. Uh, but I will say, when you do watch him, the height does come up into play uh, just like how he's playing inside the pocket. He stands on his tippy toes a lot. And it kind of reminds me of like when you're taking a class picture and if you're the shorter guy, you're kind of in the back row on your tippy toes a little bit. He stands in the pocket and kind of bounces like this super narrow base. And I think that's because he is short to see over the, the lineman. He also drops back in the pocket deeper than other quarterbacks, probably to create some more room. Kyler Murray does this too, an example. The difference between like Kyler and Bryce Young though, to me is... Kyler is super explosive, both as just like when the, the ball is out of his wrist, it is coming out with velocity. And when he breaks the pocket, he is an elite, elite athlete. I don't think Bryce Young is quite like that. I do think when he stands on his tippy toes, he kind of takes a long time to stride out or he throws with the narrow base and he doesn't have the same velocity. I, I compared him like a 91 mile an hour pitcher in baseball. The the other thing, though, with Bryce Young, though, is he's so good inside the pocket, maneuvering inside, outside, could read the field, can run around when he needs to, but he's definitely an in-pocket passer first, and you kind of have this thing where, like, in-pocket plus very short, that's where you get this completely outlier type of player, and I really struggle to even come up with a comp. I've seen, like, Doug Flutie as a comp, but that was before my time. Drew Brees was, like, similar, kind of on the tippy-toes inside the pocket, but Bryce Young 
is more athletic trying to get anyone to be on drew Brees level inside the pocket seems like a big ask to do as well i think there's some some similarities with two just based on like arm strength i think the middle of the pack arm strength inside the pocket can be an athlete when needed but uh in general i think he's a very good prospect i don't think he's an elite prospect just because i don't think like the explosiveness is like on the same page as like kyler murray one thing that stood out to me like justin fields and deshaun watson is that his strength is also his weakness and that he holds on to the ball because he's trying to extend plays and make plays. But that also has been a detriment to Watson and Fields in their career. And that's why, in my opinion, like Young, pro football focused, actually assigned him as the only quarterback in this class who takes on at least 30% of the responsibility for allowed pressure, since they do chart that there. Uh, is that, to you, a weakness? Or is that something that also stands out where he's doing that yeah. to extend plays? So he he's definitely going to be a, a higher time-to-throw type of quarterback. That's because he's like get bouncing inside and outside of the tackle box of evading pressure. And he has a really good sense of all of that as well. But like the other quarterbacks that have like his athleticism, and I think his athleticism is good, not great. Um, when he breaks out of the tackle box, a lot of other quarterbacks are going to scramble. He's going to sit there and hold the ball, hold the ball, hold the ball, and then try to throw it deep deeper downfield. So I view that usually as a win for fantasy circles. He doesn't run as much as some other quarterbacks with his athleticism. So I think it's both a pro and a con at the same time Tua Tagovailoa kind of sits in the pocket for a while. And that's led him to some really big hits. And Tua's not uh very big. He's actually much bigger than Bryce Young. So that's where I think if you're a GM 10 years from now is Bryce Young where he's this small and he's staying in the pocket for so long. Is he going to be able to hold up just because, you know, like mass, actually matters too so i i do think that the the size thing is like a legit thing but he had like 92nd percentile epa as a sophomore against sec competition so i don't think it's really like deterring him too much on the field it just comes down to like that one throw where he gets hit on his shoulder and all of a sudden he has a problem with that Doug Flutie is certainly an interesting comp. I want to move on, though to who i believe will be the second quarterback taken and cj stroud and stroud is Interesting because you can't just look at the stats and the metrics. Um, he obviously like led this class in completion rate on throws to the intermediate level of the field, 10 to 19 yards, and a 51% completion rate, which also led this class on throws 20 yards downfield, top two in the FBS and both touchdowns and yard per attempt for a clean pocket last year as well. But you can't say those things without also saying he played behind an NFL-ready offensive line, basically. And then, of course essentially five first-round receivers throughout his career. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith, and Jigable will be up there this year. Marvin Harrison Jr. may be the first overall wide receiver taken next year. And then, of course, uh, uh, Mika Ibuka as well. And so what else do you see then? Like, is this is this a situation with Stroud where these numbers tr will translate around lesser talent, or did the NFL talent really elevate him at Ohio State? So that... Yes, that his numbers were better because the receivers were better, but his numbers were like phenomenal. And there's other there's other quarterbacks we've seen that have had elite talent around them. Ohio State's not the first program to have a good offense in college football, but I was just looking at it. Uh, his EPA per play on non-play action, non-RPO, and so that you're just taking away like all of the the Mickey Mouse stuff on offense. Just how is he looking inside the pocket? His EPA numbers are off the charts good. They're better than what Justin Fields were in this very similar offense. And then if you kind of just look at what CJ Stroud's so good at is he's a pretty accurate passer on passes with 10 plus air yards and to the outside near the sideline. He has a 65% 
on target rate. For example, like Bryce Young, uh, he sits at 53%. So CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, I think uh, I would I would take Stroud's arm strength a little bit more and he can throw outside the pocket uh, a little bit as well. Um, I do think that there is some concerns that this offense was so loaded, but at the same time, his numbers are just so beyond elite. And I think that he can play inside the pocket at a fairly high level. He's kind of on the Dak Prescott plane to me where he's not super explosive in any capacity, can scramble when he needs to. And then you're just hoping that CJ Stroud could develop like Dak Prescott mentally. So uh, I think that there's maybe not an elite Josh Allen type of ceiling because he's a good, not great athlete. But these numbers were fantastic. When I watch him in the in the pocket, I think that he's avoiding sacks at a high level. He can throw outside the numbers at a fairly high level too. So early declare all that fun stuff. I think that Stroud's a very good prospect. You may not have an answer, but did anything stand out to you as to why he was top 10 in the FBS in 2021 and completion rate, 54% under pressure? But then in his final year last year, it dropped all the way to 41% completion rate under pressure. Did anything stand out in his tape to you from his final year that would suggest uh, he declined in that metric, or is it just something random? It's probably random. Those stacks tend to be uh, a little bit less uh, sticky than just kind of in-pocket, no-pressure stacks. Uh, but also looking at like his 3.8% sack rate on dropbacks and just in general is very good. Like Even Justin Fields, who in a very similar offense, having monster numbers just like Stroud did, his sack rate was much higher. So I think CJ Stroud uh, kind of can hang out in the pocket a little bit better and have a better sense of timing compared to Justin Fields. Now, CJ Stroud does not have the athletic traits that Justin Fields has. I think that Fields was worth uh, the pick inside the top three, top four. And I think that C.J. Stroud uh, deserves that as well. Actually, I, I would rather have Stroud than Bryce Young straight up. I think there's a chance that Stroud does go first overall. I just think there's not really a, a major weakness with C.J. Stroud. I think that there's other people that pop off the page more. But I do think that C.J. Stroud is one of these types that could really develop in, inside the NFL. He's a young dude. So I, his numbers just are really great. He's going to pop off in the models. You don't have to worry about any of the um, size things. And like the other things, just the athletic traits, he scrambled only 31 times in college, but he did so six times for 66 yards against a Georgia defense that has about 11 NFL starters on it. So it, and that was like the last game when everything was on the line. If he's going to scramble around like that, there is no like, like floor uh, with CJ Stroud. I think he can be like a pro bowl, all pro type of player. If that athleticism translates, we only saw it once, but the fact that he did it is kind of promising to me. So I think I'm going to be very optimistic on CJ Stroud. Um, even though that you can point to some of the offensive weapons, definitely helping him out. Not official just yet, but Stroud currently, we think measuring in at 6'3", 218. So much larger than Bryce Young. He also, when I broke down everything, I'm currently writing blurbs, getting them ready for the draft for 4-4. Uh, Stroud is also my favorite quarterback in his class over Bryce Young. You mentioned his scrambling and game against Georgia. And being here at the Combine, talking to a few scouts, that's actually something that comes up here. As they're, they're just curious as to why he had an MVP game. Like he had an all pro game against Georgia. Like why didn't that happen throughout the year? Do you have any answer about that? Because that is, that is something like they're talking about here. Yes. But if we're going to say that his passing stats were so absurd because these wide receivers are so good, then we can't fault him for just throwing the ball to them. Like it's not like he was not uh, being effective as a passer. And then be like, why weren't you at least scrambling around a little bit? He was elite throwing the ball every single time from the pocket, throwing to these weapons. Um, so then he scrambled against, a defense where he needed a scramble against. By the way, Ohio State was beating these teams by oftentimes two, three, four touchdowns. So you don't really have to scramble as much. When everything was on the line, he was running. He 
he's not like a natural runner. He's not like Lamar Jackson, nothing like that. Even when he was scrambling here, he's kind of like moving around a little bit more lumbery than other types. Um, but scrambling is very key. And like, if we're talking about quarterback sneaks and all that stuff, Stroud's got like a big base. I think that he can do all that short yardage stuff, even though we haven't seen him do it yet. What about your comp? You mentioned, you mentioned Josh Allen. Does anyone stand out? Because I know there's another quarterback we're about to get into that some are comparing to Josh Allen. So Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are not the most athletic guys I've ever seen. They're, they're, they're plus athletes, but they're not like generational athletes like that. I think that Dak Prescott to CJ Stroud, I think that you can go your Fluties to your Tua's kind of with, with Bryce Young. Um, and then obviously Anthony Richardson's the guy that if you're just looking at traits here, that's where you can get your Josh Allen, your Cam Newton, your Jalen Hurts comparisons uh, with Anthony Richardson. And Anthony Richardson is where I want to go for the Josh Allen comp because that's who pro football focuses Mike Renner comped him to. And of course, Richardson also carrying the athleticism, the superb athleticism you suggest are lacking from Young and Stroud. Uh, the issue, of course, is that we only have 15 games really to analyze Richardson on also a 29% uncatchable pass rate in his final year. And so in just having only 455 dropbacks in his college career, what, where do you go with Anthony Richardson? Like, how are you evaluating him right now? So I think he's the guy, like there's a lot of quarterbacks that are like this, like Malik Willis, like for example, who aren't good. I think Anthony Richardson's got a chance to be very good. And I would be risking drafting Anthony Richardson fairly high. And I think that he's going to go top 10 in this draft. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually goes like six overall to the Detroit Lions. I think that the teams are going to fall in love with him. Like you said, the passing numbers were no good. 86 out of 123 qualifiers in passing EPA last year on throws under nine yards. And I think this is his biggest uh, thing to work on right now. He was 111th in on target rate on on target rate. His accuracy and touch is not very good right now, but at the same time, Obviously, in high school, he was dominating with his athleticism. And then in college, he only got 15 games. So I do think that there's probably some chances for him to improve. Someone like Will Levis, for example, stylistically fairly similar to Anthony Richardson. But we've seen Will Levis for five years. Anthony Richardson's like the mystery box. What's behind door number three? Anthony Richardson could develop a little bit and all of a sudden be super, super nasty. Uh, the big difference between what Anthony Richardson does versus some players like Malik Willis is I think Anthony Richardson's avoiding stuff inside the pocket and actually has a pretty good instinct uh, when it just comes to avoiding pressures. And when it comes to like sacks and all that stuff, he was in the 89th percentile in EPA lost on sacks among drafted quarterbacks. So that's drafted quarterbacks. And so there's a little bit of a trend where if you're scrambling around, you're taking more sacks. He's not like that at all. So like Justin Fields, I think is fairly similar. Justin Fields was dominating at Ohio State's. Anthony Richardson was never dominating at Florida, but Anthony Richardson's not taking sacks paired with his athleticism. That's like, to me, a very, very intriguing profile for somebody that has, that we know has the like, ability to reach these Josh Allen type of levels. For fantasy purposes also showed that athleticism and averaging eight carries and 55 rushing yards per game his last two years at Florida. It's also interesting because like when I watched him, I said, okay, I don't want this guy. Like uh, the, the arm, the accuracy is worrisome, but to your point, He's only going to be 21 throughout his rookie year. So, like, we have a lot of time to develop this guy, especially since he has all the Josh Allen tools. It's just really lacking and needs to still be grinded out. And so I think that's the sexiest part of Richardson is that he's so young that someone willing to take a chance can make it work. And the guys that would take a chance, like the Colts and Panthers, are right there in the top 10, which is why I don't think Richardson, like, has any shot of making it out of the top 10. 
Yeah. Is he not a very similar case to Trey Lance? I know Trey Lance would like everybody's like freaking out because he was like changing protections under center. But to me, like Trey Lance had all the athleticism and upside of Josh Allen, but the accuracy was a problem. And I think it's a fairly similar situation with Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson also needs to kind of speeds up, speed up his play inside the pocket. But he's he bounces inside the inside and outside the pocket and he evades pressure and has instincts inside the pocket. I just think that this really just comes down to some development. Um, but the other thing with Anthony Richardson is unlike some other rushing quarterbacks, he's like really big, 6'4, 235 pounds. If they're going to go to a team like the Eagles, what the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts, under center uh, quarterback sneaks, uh, red zone rush attempts, all that stuff. If you're looking for a player that can be the prototype for what Jalen Hurts can be, Anthony Richardson has that in spades. He's more athletic than Jalen Hurts is by a decent margin here. And he's got the size to do some of these quarterback sneak stuff. And to me, that was like a game changing thing. And I, I, I do want a team like the Lions who are going forward on fourth downs already have the weapons around him. Please roll the dice. We need Anthony Richardson to go to a good team that's going to use his mobility in, in good ways. And obviously, that's going to translate for fantasy purposes. But I don't think this is just a fantasy type of quarterback. I think that this guy has like a legit chance to be a game changer, uh, more so than a lot of prospects in, in kind of a similar mode. And that's why Josh Allen, for the traits, I do understand the comp. But for the rushing, I think NFL people will probably compare to Lamar Jackson. But at the same time, he's so much bigger than Lamar Jackson. And honestly, like his given his arm strength, like I think he has a maybe even a higher ceiling passing wise than Lamar Jackson for sure. He has uh Lamar Jackson could definitely spin it. Anthony Richardson, I saw him throw a ball about 65 yards in the air on the move. Um, beautiful pass there. So there he's got every single tool that you can possibly want. Lamar Jackson's like mobility is the next level Anthony Richardson I put him like a tier below that uh but that's just because he's like so much bigger I, I think there's there I I comped him because to Jalen Hurts just because I want him to kind of have that same career trajectory always get better you have that rushing ability um but I, I think that Anthony Richardson's ceiling is even higher than Jalen Hurts obviously Jalen Hurts knocked it out of the park with his entire development but there's not a comp where I'm going to say I disagree with that unless it's like Malik Willis he's much much more along in the program than Malik ever was Working with Ben Johnson and all the skill players the Lions have too would truly be a dream come true. Uh, someone who is as big as Anthony Richardson, 6'3", 231, is what Will Levis is unofficially measuring at right now. And he's definitely going to be touted. Uh, I, I know there are markets out there right now for him going number one overall. I don't think, I don't think that's a real, honestly. Um, but at the same time, he's the type of player NFL football guys love because he's big. The issue, of course, Hayden, is that 23 picks, nine fumbles the last two years. And so I think he's getting away with this, like getting touted as a top 10 player strictly because of his size. Because when, when you look at everything else, the accuracy in the arm is a major issue. Uh, so your thoughts on Will Levis? Well, he's almost going to be 24 years old. This is his fifth season. He had to transfer and all that stuff. So NFL Scots have had a chance to know this guy for a long time. And everyone was talking about how good his season was in 2021. It really wasn't all that good. If you're just like looking at the stats and if it was really that good, wouldn't the NFL tell would have told him to, to come out, you know, like there's a reason why he came back for his fifth year. And in this last fifth year, uh, when kept clean in uh PFF's database, he had a 15 to eight touchdown to interception ratio. when he's kept clean, no pressure issues. And he invites pressure. So to me, this could be the guy that gets rug pulled where we're like, Oh, look at all this stuff. And then like Anthony Richardson is, a better athlete than Will Levis is and is younger 
and has better numbers kind of inside like the pocket when kept clean and all that stuff. So I gave Will Levis a second round grade. I comped him as a, a shredded Drew Locke. There are some accuracy issues with Will Levis. His footwork to me is the big problem. It's leading to a lot of dis- uh, bad decisions as well. And it's concerning because he's been around for so long. Like he shouldn't have some of the concerns and issues that he has on this tape for being around for this long. So I, I think there's a chance that he can fall in the draft. Uh, we kind of see this uh, maybe one quarterback every single year that just keeps on slipping. I know that he's like stylistically supposed to be like what scouts love, but he didn't come out of college last year. And his, this last season was much worse. Now you can go to the toughness and injuries and all that stuff. Um, but I think that he's a Drew Locke level guy just with way more traits than like Drew Locke ever had. I completely agree. And I attribute like his rushing touchdowns, not at all to athleticism, but just his size. Uh, he had 11 rushing touchdowns the last two years. And that includes going 22 of 23 on converting short yardage situations. Uh, literally, again, just because he plows ahead. At, the only concern, though, is that when he's throwing this weekend at the combine, uh, he's going to have that Zach Wilson moment where a receiver with no pads running wide open 80 yards downfield is going to have to adjust to the ball being underthrown, but it's going to look awesome on tape because Levis just spun it 80 yards. Uh, but in an actual football game, of course, we know that's probably not falling for a completion. Correct. And compared to like, I don't think CJ Stroud has elite arm strength. I don't think uh, um, Bryce Young does either. So Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, I think are going to look really good at the combine. And by all reports, everyone seems to love Will Levis. And I'm not doubting that at all, even though he does put mayonnaise in his coffee, which I just can't get behind. But looking into his stats a little bit more real quick, um, last year, he had a ninth percentile EPA uh, season uh, among drafted quarterbacks. Ninth percentile. Remember, he's, he's 23 years old here. And then his EPA per play on non-play action, non-RPO dropbacks was negative, negative. This is We're talking about college here. So to me, I just... I can see how you can take the risk because he can and will truck stick you and hurdle you and can look like Josh Allen, but man, are all the other things really problematic? And I just don't think that you can watch Anthony Richardson and Will Levis back to back and not say, yo, Anthony Richardson looks like Will Levis, but is more athletic and doesn't have any of uh, these problems like to the same degree Will Levis does and is younger. I love the Drew Locke comp because that's basically how I'm putting it as well. Drew Locke wearing armor is Will Levis's comp. Levis, 24 years old, you mentioned it, and that's the issue with the final guy that I think rounds out the big five quarterbacks that we're really talking about making first-round noise because Hendon Hooker is going to be a 25-year-old rookie. Not only that, but torn ACL. He's bouncing back from in November at 25 and learning an NFL playbook, ran a gimmicky offense with the Volunteers. Uh, Only five completions last year as well outside the numbers because, as, again, Mike Renner put it, who's great at these things, he really doesn't look the pass whenever everything breaks down he strictly gets out to the pocket and then takes up field because he's a running quarterback so overall what are your thoughts on Hendon Hooker uh I think I'm more optimistic than that I have him ranked um ahead of Will Levis in my rankings I think that if he didn't have this ACL injury I think that he would be a candidate to go round one I still think there's a outside chance of that happening uh Daniel Jeremiah had his like pre NFL combine conference call and in that call he said that Hendon Hooker would be a first round quarterback if it was not for that ACL tear. He is uh, on track to be ready for this season. 
Um, the age definitely matters here, but at the same time, he played against SEC competition in his last two years. He had a 58 to five touchdown to interception ratio. His EPA per play on non-play action, non-RPO passes uh, was plus two one, which is fine, good, much better than Will Levis's were. And the big thing with Hendon Hooker is he only had a 1.1% turnover worthy play uh, play rate. So he is very, he is kind of exactly what his profile looks like. I think he is, takes care of the ball fairly well and he's very experienced with it. There's translation issues when it comes to what that offense was doing. Very spread. Get, get basically they put their wide receivers like on the sideline, uh, which is absurd. This offense doesn't look like anything else, but I think that his accuracy is fine. He is an okay scrambler. Uh, he's nothing too crazy, but I just think that he takes care of the ball and he's th these offenses were completely shredding at Tennessee. So my final comp with him is like a twitchier Teddy Bridgewater. He's a little bit clumsy once he gets out of the pocket. Um, but I think that he can spin it fairly well. And these numbers, he's going to be someone that's going to be popping in the model. Um, and age matters less at quarterback position versus other uh, positions, just because like you want to see those athletic traits happen earlier on. This is a, such a mental position that it sometimes can take some development. And like, if, if you've done it, if you've, pass for like the numbers that he's had before i think there's some upside here so i would much rather take a second round pick on hendon hooker than a first round pick on will levis i don't think it's even close for me and i think that there's a chance hendon hooker goes maybe a little bit earlier than others because i by all, all accounts he's also like a great dude a career 11.4 carries and 46 rushing yards per game for hooker as well what do you see in his arm strength compared to the rest of this class because you mentioned his turnover worthy play rate and that's something that jumped out to me too even on throws 20 yards downfield which are basically coin flip throws contested catch situations for everyone this is in the sec he completed 41 percent of those passes for for 17 yards per attempt 23 touchdowns and just two picks it's almost like he placed it perfectly every time to where like it actually wasn't a coin flip situation it just wasn't going to be a turnover it was only available for his wide receivers so what does his arm strength look like to you so going back to that same metric uh throws 10 plus air yards on the outside he was uh 42nd out of 131 college quarterbacks last year 57 percent. that's ahead of bryce young that's below uh cj stroud definitely way above Will Levis. I think his accuracy is fine. I think his arm strength's fine. Like that's like his problem is he everything to me is just fine. But I do think he can do everything fairly well. Um, the one thing when you watch him, and that's why I go back to the Teddy Bridgewater comp, he's pretty robotic in the pocket. Like a lot of his movements, you can just tell, like, this is a guy that has like seen all these defenses before, and he kind of plays a little bit slower and methodical. Uh, which I think lowers his overall ceiling. But I think that there's a chance that his like whiteboard knowledge is better than we're giving him credit for just because one of the first things that everyone's going to talk about with this profile is this Tennessee offense is not, you can't like translate. And I think that there's definitely some concerns with that concerns with that. But I also saw like a lot of reps where he was like scanning one side and coming back to the other side and throwing uh, an out route to that side of the field. So I, I think people should go watch his tape and go try to try to find the tape. Uh, from behind him, you can see how much his head is moving after um, the ball is snapped. I think that he's probably better than we're getting credit for. And I think that he would be the guy if I had a, like a Daniel Jones type of quarterback somewhere at mid-level. He's my guy. He's better than the Desmond Ritter types, in my opinion. But I think that you can have him compete with your veteran and maybe you hit the jackpot. What is he comp to you, given that he's also with this athleticism, 6'4", 218 right now? Yeah, bigger, twitchier Teddy Bridgewater. I think that he can be, I think you're hoping that he can be an average NFL starter. Um, 
And I'm not, I'm not leaving that out of the equation. I don't think that he has a massive ceiling just because his athleticism is good, not great. Uh, his accuracy, arm strength, all that stuff is good, not great. He's like a B minus prospect to me, but like he's getting zero buzz and he's not going to get more buzz at any point because he's not going to throw, he's not going to run or do any of that. And he's an older prospect. He's not like a sexy type of prospect here. Um, so I don't think he's going to get any buzz. And I think that we're going to like flip over the the cards and I think he's going to go like 48th overall or somewhere in that boat. And we're gonna be like, Oh, that's, that's fairly interesting. And I think he's gonna, he would have been to me last year. He would have been the second best quarterback prospect in last year's class. His class is maybe slightly better. Um, so I think he's fine. Those are the big five that I want everyone to be aware of. I want to touch on three honorable mentions though, that will definitely get drafted. Um, uh, let's start with Tanner McKee, six, six, two thirty. So just being an NFL size, he obviously stands out, but at Louisville, the last two seasons, 7.1 yards per attempt, obviously played with basically no NFL talent around him only went deep on 10% of his throws as he typically just checked it down. But any thoughts when you were looking into Tanner McKee? Yeah. So, um, I was going to watch him. I downloaded some tape on the plane back from Australia and then I plugged him into my model and I looked at his numbers and I was like, what are we doing here? So I haven't watched him, but like, there's nothing intriguing to me. I mean, he's, he's going to be this year's, uh, uh, the, the tech, the Texans quarterback goes in this third round and maybe one team falls in love, but like, we never really have to have a, a Davis Mills take. PFF did credit Stanford's offensive line with the eighth lowest pass blocking grade um, in the nation. So I think that can attribute to it also. But just for his size, he's definitely going to get looked at. Another player I think will get looked at is Max Dugan, given that he is an athlete um, and I think could maybe carve himself out as a career backup. But what are your thoughts on Max Dugan? Um, so I've watched a lot of Quentin Johnston tape. Um, which everyone should go do because that is the number one receiver in my opinion in this class. Oh, I, I big disagree there, but, uh, are you going Jordan Addison? Yeah. I, I think Quinton Johnson has, has some issues. He like, uh, I think his athleticism, he's going to be springy, but like people are like the yards after the catch ability. I'm like, I'm not sure about all that. And his, his metrics weren't exactly all that good. Now I think that is a Max Dugan problem that you're talking about. He is very athletic or I should say he's fairly athletic. Uh, that offense was missing a lot of throws. I like, Watching the the Quinton Johnson tape, I'm like, how did this team make uh, the national uh, championship game? Uh, I don't think he's an NFL guy. Maybe he's a backup guy. I'm sure he's a, a good dude, um, but I, I didn't see anything from him really. And finally, Stetson Bennett, who I think will evaporate into thin air the moment he's hit by an NFL player. But any thoughts on him? Because just for the resume, you know he's going to get drafted. Like, no one loves Stetson Bennett more than football guys, even though I have heard some things here at the Combine. Uh, character issues, definitely a major concern here. Yeah, those popped up out of nowhere. He doesn't look like an NFL quarterback. I will say that he he's faster than what I thought, and that's just from like watching the game. I haven't watched his like uh, all twenty two, but I've watched some Georgia football. Um, he he can beat linebackers to the edge for first downs. Aside from that, I'm not sure if anyone's going to get too carried away here. I think I think my my big thing is I think there's five quarterbacks in this draft. I don't want to be buying into Will Levis. I'll take some Hendon Hooker at the right price tag. I think Stroud and um, Bryce Young are good prospects, and Anthony Richardson is the wild card. And there's a lot of wild cards out there, but I think that that he's the one of the wild cards I would definitely be very interested in. I think that he's going to probably go uh, fairly high. Hayden Winks, tell everyone else where they can find all of your work that we just discussed and much more. 
Yeah, so uh, all written contents on Underdog Network. You can follow me on Hayden or on Twitter at Hayden Winks. And I'm going to be doing videos. We're going to be breaking down some of this film on YouTube, the Underdog uh, Fantasy Football account over there. Uh, so, yeah, you guys know where to find, find me. It's always fun talking with you, Digsy. Um, and plenty of NFL draft takes to come uh, for the rest of the next couple of months. Rumor has it the Best Ball Happy Hour will be returning soon as well since uh, those tournaments over Underdog are feeling much quicker than y'all could even put them out. You may have to get another one ready before the draft, despite the fact the big board was supposed to last you until the draft. Yes, uh, we are learning quickly that the Dynasty community is converting over to the Best Ball community, which is good because I will say we're just going to bat for Underdog real quick. The Underdog ADP, it refreshes every single day and it's on a rolling window. So for the Dynasty community, it's always so hard to find Dynasty ADP. People always send me some suspect links and stuff. Here's your Dynasty ADP. Go to Underdog Fantasy, see where they're being drafted uh, this next year because you're getting thousands of drafts daily the adp is changing everyone that's doing those drafts is paying money so if you're just looking at dynasty rankings and seeing kind of how the market is feeling about the players i think underdog fantasy is the best place to find that stuff and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because it's redraft but the fact that we're everyone's paying money for it and it's so public um i think it's a great resource for the dynasty community as well and we will be discussing that of course with ian harditz whenever the best ball happy hour returns in a few short weeks but until then also, our half PPR, John Paulson's projections and rankings are already up for underdog tournaments at the site if you go to 444.com. So keep tuned into that. And we'll be back with another episode wrapping up the combine at the end of the week. So until then, thanks for tuning in. And remember, be a little bit kinder. What's your See you next time.